We have myself, Michael Adams, David McCormick, as well as John Rahimi, all three of us back at last. Boys, how's it going? Very good. I'm doing pretty well. I'm, you know, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you should be. But you did just start a new job, though. I did, yes. Um, yeah, to kind of enlighten everyone, I got licensed officially to be a teacher a little less than two weeks ago, which Edu- is very children. exciting. Yes which is very exciting. Um, also a little bit nerve wracking because I had like signed up to teach summer school for my district and they are basically banking that I will get licensed before like that first Monday. It's kind of what they do is that they roll the dice that the state will get it out because they know it's going to happen at some point in that area. So I was very fortunate. My license came in, I think two days before I started. But one of my friends, her license didn't come in until like 4am on Monday. So, Stress. Oh, yeah, so like the state of Illinois really plays it close to the chest with that. But yeah, we got the license started um, almost finishing my second week of um, getting paid for what I do. Um, but yeah, it's been really good, though. It's been very exciting, very chaotic, especially for summer school, because you don't know any of the students going in. And a lot of times you don't get a lot of materials. So we learn to be flexible. This is my takeaway. Good. Keep up your stretches. Yeah, exactly. Your lunges are the most important. Do you guys know that lunges are actually the most important for your vertical jump? They make you jump high. So if you're going to like try to jump really high, you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. lunges right before. Hmm. Hmm. A useless fact that you now know. That seems like that seems like it was like a press release from like Big Lunge or something like that, like some some big lunge corporation that. No one's doing them anymore. A big lunch corporation. It. What would that even look? What would that be? Think about that for a second. Its name would <laughs> what be does lunch Big Corp. Lunge. Do <laughs> what is their mission? It would be no. I was gonna say luge, but that's a winter sport, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Maybe maybe they combined. Just trying to picture what big lunges like. Whole like, what do they sell? What are they doing? They, they sell selling, lunges. How can you sell lunges? They sell it's like selling people. The concept of selling lunches. <laughs> you know, they John. Invented lunches. John, this this idea of what I said was obviously half baked. Actually, not even half baked. I just had the ingredients, but let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> A deconstructed idea. Oh man. Well, speaking of weird body things, I I thought I had a hernia this week, so that was exciting. But you don't. But I don't. It was just a really bad muscle whole tear thing oh my goodness groin yeah it was great so they had a uh so the sisters lift a lot of things and all of them have back problems so they brought in the gym teacher from one of the schools that the sister teaches at. she's a big crossfit person so she came in to do a weightlifting class for everybody but john being the idiot was like no actually i have to pray my holy hour still at eight o'clock at night so i'm gonna go pray instead so i went and prayed had a really good holy hour but then later that week, I had to lift some stuff. It was very heavy. And I have no form whatsoever. So I pulled and I heard up. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. And then I moved and I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do it. It was real bad. So I was like, well, I should probably keep lifting stuff because otherwise this won't get done and the sisters will be upset. So I fought through it. And then the next day, the three buildings all flooded. 
So I had to bail out water for two hours, which doesn't go well. So I was in pain. And then I was rushing to go to a parish and I jumped into my car and I caught my leg on the side of my door and it pulled even more and it really hurt. I couldn't walk. I had to go serve mass. So I served mass anyway. And I called my dad and said, dad, pain, give me pills. Yeah, can you go pick me up? I'm scared. Yeah. So now I'm rehabbing. I'm going to have to get told every day that I can't lift things, which is very sad because it's feel, you feel kind of useless at a place where all you do is lift stuff. So yeah, that was my weekend. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what? Yeah. Is this, and I don't, I don't mean to add insult to injury, but if you did lunges ahead of time, maybe, just maybe. It probably would have helped. You're not wrong because <laughs> I don't think I had stretched at all in like three months. So yeah, they probably See, that, would have helped. That's what a big lunge corporation does. They make sure that you know to do lunges before you lift heavy things. That's right. This podcast isn't brought to you by Big Lunge Corporation. They'll, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. We're just going to move Hashtag. on from that. Hashtag. We're, we're done. We're moving on to the topic. David, introduce hashtag, the topic. Hashtag ad. You have to tell them. It's a hashtag ad. Yeah. Golly. Exactly. Please don't sue us. We don't have any money. <laughs> David has money now. He works. <laughs> If you're going to sue anyone, you should sue David. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely sue the public school teacher. I'm sure he's just rolling in cash. <laughs> so freaking weird. He's been, working for, he's been working for six days. I clearly have no money. I'm drinking a Euro expired Frappuccino. So, you know, not all, of us, not all of us can live the high life, though. It's true. I found it today after I discovered a pack of rotting chicken mixed in with a bunch of cereal and applesauce in the pantry. So, yeah. What, what kind of cereal? Uh, I think it was Cheerios. Honey nut or just regular? Regular. That's not as cool. All right. Topic. Michael, actually, you're going to introduce the topic. Am I? Yeah, it was your topic, okay. wasn't it? It's your topic. No, it was definitely your topic. Yeah, this is your topic, David. It's <laughs> a combo. Like... We'll, we'll do it together, all right? As okay. a team. Oh, here, how about because... this? I would just say I wanted to talk about... Um, you know, how, what, what was the term I used? Just being like stronger together um, when it comes to the spiritual life and just your faith, how a lot of times it's easier, you know, going on that faith journey with other people. And that's something I think we are going to talk about in the future. But Michael, you brought up another really interesting aspect of that. We are companions on a journey. You ever heard that song? Is that from like, that, sound, that sounds like Reading Rainbow. Like no, it's a church vibes. song, dude. Come on. Know your bad 70s music, David. Oh, I've heard it. I also have a wild story about um, a parish I went to this weekend. Remind me to share later. Were, um, you, on, were you in Chicago? I was in Lake Geneva. Oh, and yikes, was, dude. Do not go priest. to... It was with the priest who went viral last year on um, Facebook for their take on like the LGBTQ issues. And he used, he used the... Uh, he used God's name in vain in the very first minute, uh, said that Gabriel would have questioned God and thought God was making a mistake by choosing Mary. Um, and I'm just sitting in the back like, this seems like heresy. This just doesn't seem proper. Just right? a little bit. And I met this other actually, a U of I graduate who went to the Peoria Seminary, like seminary, and he came outside and heard like me and a couple other people talking. And he was like, can you guys believe 
what just happened in there? And like starts talking to us. Then we all found out that he went to U of I and was from Peoria and went to the seminary there. I was like, good, 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 good. We have others coming for us, which this is actually kind of a good uh, segue into the topic because it was really like refreshing to find someone who is like similarly minded, also found some of these things like very problematic um, and was able to kind of like take notice and be like, hey, like something's not right here. It, it was one of those moments I looked, I was like, wow, I'm like really grateful that there are other people going along this journey with me and who are like at a similar place to me. And I know David, you kind of talked about the stronger together idea and kind of the inverse of it is something that I have kind of struggled with or I felt throughout my kind of spiritual life, I think. And the, the more that I've progressed in my spiritual life and maybe the deeper I've gone, um, sometimes like feelings of isolation or loneliness can kind of swell up and can kind of become much more obviously felt in my life. And it's, I, it's harder for me to kind of ignore that. Uh, so it's kind of a mixture of like one, the importance of having the community and having like others to lean on and help build you and grow you. Um, Cause even in that moment, just like that was a man, I don't even know his name, but like after that, I was like, man, like gonna pray for that guy. And like, this is such a good man. Like, this is really great just to have someone who I know I have no connection to, but I know he's like going in that direction with me which is really just like refreshing and, and honestly inspiring to see. And so my inverse is really just the opposite of when we don't have that, those mm -hmm. feelings of loneliness and isolation and kind of how we deal with them and maybe how we put ourselves in situations where we are able to lean on others better and be able to be stronger with multiple other people, you know, alongside us. Yeah. The thing I, I'm curious about is... And we would talk about this at the end, kind of like a, a little three-parter here. Community, when you don't have community, and then when you have community, but when it turns into like, as the Bishop Bob put it in one of his homilies the other day, you become like a bunch of Tarzans who are all like, we just agree with each other. So we just kind of like beat our chests and, you know, yell at each other and like kind of rah-rah. Um, and you kind of become like a little isolated bubble, you know? Where it's like, this person agrees with me, therefore, like, this is great. It's like, well, okay, but then what's the point of community? Is it just like a common interest group? So I think that's the, the danger that comes from community that sometimes that's what we're looking for in community versus real Christian community. So maybe we can yeah. end with that of kind of a little, uh, what does community look like and how do, you, how do you live it? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So David, what's community? <laughs> It's a show on Netflix. It's pretty funny. First it's hilarious. Seasons. I've been watching clips of it. Oh my goodness. First three seasons are great. Seasons Dude, the, four, five, and six kind of fall off a little bit. But the paintball would, stuff is unreal. If you've not watched it, I highly recommend it. Oh it's my so gosh. My it siblings is. and I love it. <laughs> oh man. So good. I could quote it for days. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, community, I would say um, in... Um, at the risk of sounding a little bit generic, I would say in this aspect, it's growing closer to the Lord and walking with other people on that journey. That does not necessarily mean that you're at the same place, but that you are both striving for the Lord and for Christ to be King in your life. And you're helping each other on, you're helping each other on that journey, but you're also just sharing that journey in general. So it doesn't always have to be, I'm necessarily helping you, which is always a good thing, but just kind of sharing different aspects of that journey, sharing different graces. And I had actually had an experience of this recently. Um, there was a kid that I've been in camp with 
uh, for many years, and I hang out with him once a week now. And I've known his parents for a long time, and they're the sweetest people. And I just recently learned, like, when I pick him up, I get there a little bit early. And when, like, I drop him off, I still a little bit late. And I recently learned that his parents um, are very devout Christians. I don't know if they're necessarily Catholic. They pray the rosary. I'm still trying to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Anyway, but regardless of that, I just started talking to them about faith. And even just yesterday, I just stayed after and was just talking to them about, you know, just their journey. And it was just really awesome to see how Christ is working in their life. And it was something that was just very beautiful, just like learning oh, like all about their experiences. And even though it might not be like your stereotypical sense of community, I very, I felt I felt like like I was almost in communion with them in communion with the body of Christ. It was something that honestly pushed me to go pray afterwards. And yeah, so I would just say it's something where you're sharing your journey with Christ and you're walking with others. And it's, it's going to look different. So I don't know if I can give like a specific example. But yeah, that's just that's just off the top of my head. Michael, what do you found community to be? Or what, do you, what would you describe it to someone who's asking? Or like, you know, you go to a parish now that you're coming to the suburbs you have to come to a parish and like okay we need community here what is what does that look like i think i have a like an interesting relationship with how i view community because i think there's kind of two levels of it like you have kind of like in a parish community like you're not necessarily always going to be super close with everyone but mm-hmm. for me like i find community a lot and just like seeing others living out you know virtuous lives or living out lives that I would aspire to live or at least seeing people pursue Christ um, and I think kind of similar to David it's kind of like having people that you can pursue it with and that can enter into your journey with you I know I found it like very like life-giving when I experience community when I not really when I experience community but like even just with one-on-one conversations when I'm able to like share my journey or they're able to share their journey and even if it's not necessarily like fully like having like a study or like really diving into an issue at hand, it's more like sharing highs, lows and sharing kind of what's working, what's not like that itself has been very life-giving community for me. Um, I think it also like goes into like having people, and this kind of goes back to what you said, John, that we want to end on, but like having people that know you, that see you and like want what's good for you and aren't afraid to like tell you, you know, like they're not afraid to tell you like, Hey, like, actually, I don't agree with that. Like, I think like a slight, like gentle redirection towards you or who are just able to like actually know you and say, Hey, like I'm witnessing this in you and like affirming that. Um, but also like being able to do that to others and be able to actually be like in a very personal relationship with them and in their journey, be able to actually share and prove that. This kind of goes back to the very first podcast we ever did, the friendship in the gospel. And like, that's not a large group. And so I think we oftentimes get confused with like community. We think of community, we think of like, you know, hundreds or thousands of people. Like you're at a parish and say, I have a great community in my parish. You think of like maybe 20 to 30 people who might be like involved with some sort of like ministry. But there's kind of like two levels of like, yeah, you have community there where you have other people who are similarly minded, who are seeking other things. But um, having like that tight knit community who like truly see you and truly know you. That's kind of, I think maybe how I would describe the most important community in the community that maybe even David, you're looking at of like stronger together typically comes from that small knit group. 
Yeah, you hear that? That's called living in the hood. Every day. <laughs> I don't know where that guy thinks he's going. <laughs> I don't know, but he's going there with a purpose. Um, yeah, actually, Michael, it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, I when I think of community, yeah, I only think of obviously there's the broad sense, but yeah, more often than I'm thinking of, you know, those few people that you're kind of sharing that with. I don't know. Was that kind of how you view it, John? Um, yeah, I like the distinction that there's these two levels of it. Um, I think it's, I think it's important because otherwise you can get, um, I know I found this and especially with living with sisters who actually live in community, like a real community. Um, because it's, one that's rooted in faith and love of God. So it's not just like, okay, I like you, you like me, let's be friends and like sort of share life together. I mean, that's important, but like fundamentally like community and like the most important community is the body of Christ, the church. And we don't choose those people. You know, we're not sitting at the front doors of the parish saying like, eh, you know, you kind of suck. We're not going to let you in the doors or you go to that church because we don't want you this one. Um, and we don't even let people in the baptism. It's not like, okay, you're kind of like weird. So we're not gonna let you in the church. It's like, no, we want you to be in the church. Obviously we want to form you and help you. But like, we don't have a say at the end of the day, like the Lord calls people. Like I experienced this at seminary where it's like, uh, why is this guy here? Oh, because the Lord called him and I didn't. Um, which is why like, community is really hard. It's not an easy thing. So if you find yourself thinking like my community is great, everything's wonderful. I guarantee you're not living community well, um, at least in the authentic sense of like what it means to be Christian. Community should be a place where you learn how to sacrifice and die to yourself every day. So as much as it's, it's good to like play off of the strengths and to see the strengths of people, like Mike, you're saying, like look at people's virtuous lives and like imitate that. Um, I think one of the most important things in community is to see people's weaknesses and then to learn how to be patient and endure with them through that. Instead of saying like, you know what, forget that person. I'm going to go be with this other person because they kind of tend towards how I like to do things and they do things a little bit, you know, better that I can put up with and, you know, whatever. So I think there's a, a distinction there. And Benedict has a good definition of love that I think is kind of apt for describing what living, uh, community looks like he says love is the capacity to wait in patience for what is not under one's own control and to let oneself receive this as a gift so in other words you're receiving the person as they are in their limitedness and their weakness and their vulnerability um loving them as christ has loved us because christ has loved us very patiently and very compassionately if we are honest with ourselves Anytime we start to think like, I'm doing great in the spiritual life. Yeah, let's take, take a step back and think, how is Christ loving me through that? I think all the times you get distracted in prayer and like you kind of wander off and start talking in your own head and thinking about random things and then kind of turn back to the Lord. But then in real life, when we encounter people who are like, you're trying to have a really good conversation with them, trying to go deeper. And they're kind of like, you know, dropping the ball and getting distracted or not giving you what you want. That's how Christ experiences you most of the time, if we're honest. So it's like, oh, right. I need to love as Christ loves. So I think community is like this really difficult thing to actually live out. Um, It's not just this little like, okay, we all just be friends. And I have my little close group of friends and that's community. Um, 
that can be a good place to start, but it can't just be a, a friend group. Yeah, that comparison you just made really struck me. But I even think of, I mean, for the sake of maybe sharing a little bit about our own experiences too, like I think all three of us have probably experienced that with one another. Like I know, John, you've definitely experienced that with me before. But like there are frustrations or there are times where like stuff like generally upsets you or you don't agree and loving someone through that and like having the patience to be able to love them through that or like vice versa like being the one who is an idiot and like being loved through that is a very powerful experience. Um, but yeah, I think it is easy for us to be sugarcoat community because you think community, like it's a positive word. It's not really thought of in like the struggling aspect. And so like, like and maybe a question I'm going to flip to you though is in those situations like you do have in that community, people who, you know, maybe they wrong you or they are being frustrating. And there's that whole idea of, you know, loving them through it, having that patience, like truly being in communion with them as Christ would be. Um, is there ever a point, I guess, where you have to like take yourself out of that community and that to like maybe play devil's advocate a little bit? Um, does that make sense? It does. I think that's where your, your distinction from before works really well, where it's like, what community are we talking about? Like, am I talking about the body of Christ, the church? Um, or am I talking about like my small group, my friend group, whatever, that kind of like small community? Um, because if it's the body of Christ, the church, then, you know, I would say there is no limit. Because um, you see this a lot. Bishop Barron wrote a book about this a couple of years ago, Letter to a Suffering Church, where he basically has this argument in one of the chapters where it's like these people who say like, oh, the church did this. Therefore, I'm not going to be Catholic anymore. It's like what that's a terrible it's a terrible thing like what was your what was your faith based on people come on like that's not the point of this um because the body of christ is messy like that's i love crucifixes that actually portray that instead of this resurrects fix where jesus is you know in his glory on the cross like what no the body of christ is messy it's bloody it's dirty it's naked it's vulnerable and it looks kind of like Ew, yeesh. You know, i don't want to be a part of that but like that's the body of christ on the cross so when we encounter the body, it's, it's messy. Like there are people who do things that we don't like, but we need to put up with them. The same with family. It's like, I don't disown my family every time my brother does something stupid or I do something stupid. They don't disown me. We'd be like, okay, like that was dumb. And you move on and move forward. But like, there's a period of reconciliation. There's even times of separation. Maybe like, I mean, I'm not saying for the church, like leave, but like learn to distance yourselves from those situations and persons, um, so generally it's like, are you reading things on the news constantly where like it aggravates you? It's like, well, get off of that. You don't need that. Like focus on Christ and focus on his love and let that renew you. In relationships with people, I think there are times when we need to separate ourselves from certain relationships that aren't being um, lived in accord with virtue or are not directed or rooted in Christ. Um, and that takes good discernment of recognizing like what, what are my intentions? How am I, where's my heart at in this? What am I trying to move towards? What are they trying to move towards? Um, again, it's not like an easy, it's not an easy thing to do, but I would always err on the side of patience rather than saying like, okay, here's like the, here's the limit of when this is when you leave. It's like, mm, it might require you to actually stretch yourself most of the time. And I think that's the, 
that's the thing to err on instead of saying like err on the side of when you hit this point, it's time to go. It's like, actually when you hit that point, it's time to stretch. It's time to like get moving. Like I didn't do and pulled my groin. So don't do, don't pull your groin. That's the message I want to send. Long to do your lunges. It's okay. Um, you'll be ready for anything in community. community yeah, right. As long as you do lunges, do your stretches. <laughs> can that just be the video that we post on Instagram? Is just doing lunges. Yes. Like one of those, what are those things called where it like loops? You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, boomerangs? I'm not, I'm not boomerangs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Apparently boomerangs, sorry, this is very off topic. I do have a comment on what you said, John, but apparently boomerangs are like, I'll uh, have like fallen out of style or whatever. Apparently they're like, that's what the younger kids think like the, I've already sound like I'm 80. That's like that they think like the, like, you know, 20 year olds and up. They're like, all you guys do is post boomerangs. And I've seen some of that stuff online. And I was like, when did boomerangs come out of style? But you know what? I think we steer into the skid post a boomerang do it what were you saying again oh yeah no i know i remember yeah like stretching yourself and that's i think that's a really good point because i think a lot of times it's easy to get i think it's kind of what you're talking about too like the king kong we're all together we're all in unison if someone isn't like keeping up or meeting your standards i think it can be very easy to get high and mighty like mm-hmm. i'm cutting this person out of my life i'm cutting all the negative people out of my life and that's not saying as you were just saying before john that's not saying that there aren't like that you don't need to take a like long hard look at your relationships and make decisions <laughs> oh sorry there's john is being bested by a fly on screen um but that also doesn't mean yeah that you don't need to kick people out and i really like that you said that, like yeah it, it might require some self-sacrifice and some stretching on your end because you think about that loving like christ loves i mean he is always stretching out for us and he's always reaching out for us and as much as we like as much as we might like to think like, yeah, I always meet him. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I really like that distinction that you made there, John. Yeah. One of the, I just to share a personal example of it. Um, okay. Wait one second. It's sitting on the calculator. I'm mute this for hot. Okay. I missed. Um, it is just give a personal example of my life. Like I, at the sisters here, there's a lot of volunteers that come and I do not get along with a lot of them their personalities don't jive with mine. Their interests definitely don't line up with mine. Um, and yet I am asked to work with them day in and day out for like eight hours. And it's really easy for me to just pile my head into the sand and like work and just be like, well, I'm working and I'm just trying to be diligent. So I don't need to talk to anyone, you know, um, or I have nothing to say to them. So I'm just gonna be quiet. And there are times when that's probably more prudent. The other times when it's not, and that's just a lack of charity on my part. And the Lord has constantly been inviting me. I've, I've felt in prayers, like, stretch yourself. You're part of this household. And there's kind of like an insecurity there of like, I like what you said, like you're getting it high and mighty where it's like, I've made it in like the father's house. I've made it as like a son of God. I'm in the church. You know, like I've gotten this good relationship with Christ now. I'm on a pedestal and I want to stay there. And I can't let anyone else come up because there's not a whole lot of room on the pedestal. You know, you kind of feel like, mm, you know, I've got my spot. I don't want to lose it. I feel really close to God. And if I do, then these people are going to come in and sort of ruin it. They're going to, you know, kind of box me out. Um, so that's like acting, I think, out of a place of fear and insecurity and not, a, not trusting the Lord to like provide that place in the Father's house that he has prepared for each and every person. And to rejoice the fact that there's a different person here and like he's doing good things with them and they look and act differently than I do. Like Paul says in the body of Christ, like we are many members <laughs> 
everyone's got their part. And sometimes I don't like the fact that other people have a different part. So it's, yeah, it, it requires a lot of stretching um, and a lot of like reflection and brutal honesty. And I know that this kind of might link back to a little bit of what you said, Michael, about forward spiritual there with spiritual loneliness. Sometimes you might just fight, whether it's you feeling high and mighty or insecure, like unworthy, but you might feel a little bit more alone um, or just kind of like on your own in that sense. Mm -hmm. I think that loneliness and isolation kind of is twofold too. I think you look at it at one sense, um, the more that you dive into, you know, the body of Christ and into the church and the more that you try to belong to Christ, um, whether you do it well or very imperfectly and badly, like most people, as we're saying, fall short. Even as you're striving towards that, there is like a stripping of yourself from the world and there is a stretching of yourself. And sometimes you put yourself on that pedestal of like just magnetizing to God and like stripping yourself of many like worldly things. Um, and so sometimes I think that loneliness, the isolation can come from like an identity in the Lord because you don't necessarily see that community or that like belonging in where you're at in like the true like sense of like just your everyday world, um, which is one like a very beautiful thing I think to experience just to be able to progress closer to Christ. Um, but two, I think it can just be like in like the most generic definition of loneliness and isolation. Like sometimes there just doesn't feel like there's many people who are with you or are there for you or um, like you said, like there could be these insecurities that you feel in your own spiritual life that suddenly like you do isolate yourself from others out of fear of what they might say or what they might think. Um, so this loneliness or this isolation it can be like both like self-created, but also like a very real reality of just way that your life is progressing. And I, I'm very glad and thankful. I have close friends like the two of you and others that within the spiritual life with me and are able to enter into that with me. Um, although I definitely still feel like loneliness and isolation, like relatively frequently, I'll be the first one to admit that I, that's something I truly do feel. Um, but conversely, I think it's just one of those things that we need to be aware of just that that might be just a natural inclination as we detach, try at least attempt to detach from this world more the more that we try to cling to Christ. Um, yeah, I think of John 17 and then various Psalms, but just this idea that we're, we're taken out of the world, we're set apart. Um, and like, hopefully Israel is, is in the Psalms, it, it talks about how Israel has been pulled out from among the nations. Ezekiel talks about this too. Like, I will take you out from among the nations. You know, I'll give you a, a clean heart, all that stuff. I think it's chapter 36. Um, but in John 17, right, Christ's high priestly prayer, where he's talking to the apostles of the Last Supper, that he says um, that they, like, you know, may be taken out of the world. They're not of the world. If they were, they'd be like everyone else and all this stuff. So like, that experience of isolation, I think, is really, yeah, it, it's a natural part of dying to this notion of like, the world's idea of community um, and relationship where it's kind of dependent and it lets everything sort of work out the way that you want it to work out. Um, 
and be for yourself. Um, whereas with Christ, like it is, it's a pulling away from that to be closer to him, to be focused on him. I think like the, the invitation for, for us as people in the world um, and as Christians and Catholics is to, to lean into it almost um, and trust that the Lord is actually going to provide like the prodigal son coming home to the father's house, trusting that he's going to be welcomed into the house and that all these other people are there and they're going to be like happy and joyful that he's with them. Um, they're going to be different than he is. They're going to have their different roles, their different schedules working on the land and all this stuff. And like things will kind of ebb and flow and come and go and relationships will grow and die. But like they're all there together and the father is providing for all of them at all times. And Christ is also present there giving each one as he needs. And that's the hardest part of it is really just trusting like the Lord has given me what I need in this relationship, in this community, even when it feels like it's not. Um, so the isolation is almost, it's almost like silence where it, it, it offers you the opportunity to see with greater clarity um, how close the Lord has come to us. I think it's Mark chapter one, like the kingdom of God is, has drawn near, is near, is near at hand. I think it's what it says, but yeah, Christ is near. Um, so we can't get like paralyzed in isolation, but like see it actually as a gift even when it seems like it's not. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause I always think when you read that, that like, yeah, we're not, we're not of the world. Um, like we were not made for the world. Like the first time I really read that, I was kind of like almost kind of boosted the ego. Like, yeah, I'm special. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Judge me. That was that, you know, that, that was just, that's a natural inclination. No, I had a different line in mind anyways. Oh, um, and the, but then, kind of you said, Michael, yeah, I think it's totally natural to then the flip side of that is a lot of times it can be lonely. Um, but that's very interesting, John, to think about, yeah, that that actually is an invitation. Um, and that, not saying that it's easy, but sometimes that loneliness is not exactly unexpected. And that's why when you can find like good authentic community like that, it's such a gift. It's like, it's something to cherish. Yeah. And it takes work. It's not like you just kind of happen upon community where it's like, Oh, look what I found under like the tree. It's like, no, community takes so much work. It is so hard. I was just talking to the sisters at lunch and they're like, this is really hard all the time. And you really don't see the fruits of it that quickly. It just really is difficult. Um, That's why I like the chosen because there's just episodes where you're like, gosh, they do not get along with each other and they struggle a lot. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what real relationship is like, where it's just hard. Um, but it always starts with an interior reflection of like, what am I doing? Am I like, am I right here? Am I in the right? Am I with the Lord? Oftentimes we're not. And then we think the other person is the one who's screwing up, but it's really just us. Um, and that kind of check helps us to sort of like be patient with them and to really like, yeah, bear with them um, in charity um, to intercede for them, to help them not by like treating them as like, Oh, you kind of suck. And I'm just up here and you'll eventually get to me uh, when you listen to what I have to tell you, but rather like seeing the goodness that's within their own weakness. Um, That's been great. Great for me is like to reflect on those relationships I have in my life. I'm like, I don't like this person or I don't like they do these things. Um, Yeah. If you can't tell, I don't like a lot of people. I'm a very judgmental person. Um, 
and the Lord is helping me kind of like work through that, but it's so easy to do it. And then when you like stop for a second and see like, oh no, there's something really good there that the Lord's offering me. Cause he's always giving, he's not a taker. He always gives something. And the experience we have of him taking stuff is really just him asking us to let what we're holding on to so dearly so that he can give us something. It's always a gift, which is a much healthier and a much more hopeful way of looking at life instead of thinking, God hates me. God's taking away all my good stuff. And I have this thing. And wouldn't it be better if I kept it? No. Gosh, it's so hard. I am this close, man. All right. Anyways. Yeah. That's what I have to say. I know. And, and I think that's, yeah, like I said, a very great way to think about that. I think it's really cool also to hear like, yeah, that the sisters fully admit that, yeah, like community is hard. It takes time. It takes words. It takes patience. It takes trust in the Lord. And a lot of that is easier said than done but yeah that's always a good I guess a, as you kind of said a good point for me and I guess others to reflect on is yeah what is Lord actually trying to give me here even if it seems like he's taking something away um but yeah maybe maybe we'll end it there we might we might circle back I think to the topic eventually but I think we will that's a good one I, I think yeah. so. as we are this is already our second time probably discussing like similar topic like similar yeah that's okay there's, there's just a lot there to dive into like you know, I'm shocked that, you know, with our three elevated minds, we couldn't cover the entire thing in 40 minutes. How dare we? <laughs> big shocker on that one. We are not the big brains anymore that we thought we were. Smooth brain. Um, but cool. Alrighty. Well, I think that's it. So everyone, thank you for listening. Um, feel free to reach out to us at thecatchcc at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to share with us. Um, but Outside of that, before we go, real quick, uh, if you are looking for a new rosary, go check out our boys over at Bishop Sheen Rosaries. They got some good stuff over there. And lastly, if you're looking for uh, some nice, strong porn fighting software, go check out our buddies over at Covenant Eyes with the uh, link in the description below. And you can use our code to get 10% off even. So thank you again. We will talk to you all very, very soon. Adios. Adios.